Hello and welcome to the Court Games LCG Podcast, hosted by me, Trevor Cuba, a.k.a. Kikita Onimaru, and here with my Maho Riddled co-host, who's just pleased as punch today, Max Williams, also known as Whacked Mackie or Mackie No Oni on the Discord. How you been, Mackie? I've been doing all right lately, you know, things have calmed down this past week after all the turmoil the week before, mm-hmm. so that's always good. I was just hanging around thinking um, that normally we meet Wednesdays to play uh, paper games. I say normally as if we ha- we've done that in the last year or so. Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking about how much our play group would not want to be would not be very happy right now if they had to play against me and my crane deck. <laughs> Pretty fair. <laughs> Every week, like we like if the cu- if the pandemic didn't end the play group, the crane would end the play group right at this point. You know. <laughs> yeah. Is Crab doing anything really ridiculous? Can't not really. I mean, ridiculous is kind of at a bell curve. It's not one of the lower tier clans, and it's not really high tier. Yeah, that's very fair. Uh, I think that Crab is in kind of a weird spot where they're good against some, but I know that people have been talking about like struggling against Crane right now, but I think a lot of people are. Yeah, a lot of people are struggling against Crane, and it's weird on the Crane side because, like, we hear, like, oh, Crane's so powerful, Crane needs to be nerfed. When we've just got, like, passively accepted that Scorpion is just super ridiculous, that it don't even cares about arguing with it anymore. Like, no, let's just go for the lower hanging fruit. Let's go for Crane. Yeah. Look, if they focus on political, we just remove them from the game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I've always said that Scorpion is so strong because they play the game slightly different than anyone else. Crane technically is a lot more straightforward. They just, I don't know. How do you feel about playing? I don't know. We're always focusing on Crane around here and stuff. How do you feel about playing Crane? Like, what do they do that just feels so wrong to people? I don't understand necessarily. I think it's the main thing is. Their stats as printed are typically pretty good. And then they also have high glory, which makes their stats even better. And then they just they can carry weapons really well because Crane typically uh, is one of the clans that best invests in a character a turn to keep them alive for a long time. So you end up with these giant towers, and a lot of clans don't have ways to knock off those honor tokens built in. And even okay. if you finally are like, aha, I finally got rid of your honor token, Crane's just like, and I got it. it's back, sorry. And then they they work off of those honor tokens as well with things like voice of honor and stuff like that. I do notice that sometimes when I play games uh, at tournaments and such things, uh, pl- players don't always know what Crane is doing. Like when I sit down at a table... I can see my opponent actually start to like it's lower. Obviously, when you get higher up, people start uh, catching up what's mm-hmm. going on and stuff. But generally speaking, lower table people don't know what's coming next. They seem to be in a perpetual state of fear. Um, I guess they're not as bad because Scorpion literally can do anything. You, every Scorpion deck is different in like wildly different ways. Uh, me personally, I get a bit flustered up against Phoenix because. They seem to come at me in a slightly weird way that I don't know quite how to handle all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you have a clan that you, you other than Crane, that you feel is like, what the hell am I doing in this matchup? What's going on here? I don't know. 
You know, I think for me, a lot of times it was Scorpion, and it wasn't necessarily that I, you know, didn't know what was going on. It was just kind of a, what can I do to combat what they're doing? And as Crab often, the answer was, I don't know. Yeah, Crab, you're not you specifically, I suppose, but the Crab have got a huge tower. Uh, it's got the spyglasses and the talismans on there that you've been running for a long time. That one wasn't really so much a, I'm thinking about your deck. It's just, my just deck's just doing things, and you have to answer me. And I think that's a big question right now of, which clans can produce a deck where your opponent has to answer you? Scorpion is always the situation of you deal with my crap and I'm going to slowly dismantle you. Um, I think Crane was always really good at you. Well, people who knew would be like, oh, Crane, you know, a Crane is a known commodity, but they're really good at getting to what where they want to really fast. Crab as well. Dragon, back in Dragon's heyday, when they had the, you know, the Tower of Test decks, um, mm -hmm. that was also very much like, I'm going to just do my thing. I'm not going to change much for anyone else. You come at me and try to dismantle me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Unicorn and Lion kind of have this whole, like, oh, listen, I'm going to say the word attack a whole lot and hope everything works out well. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that has certainly been the case. And, you know, maybe we're just at a point where the I'm going to say attack a lot and you deal with it decks are good, like Crane. If so, eh, it's fine. It's just a, a shifting of the meta and maybe we'll eventually go back to, you know, a different focus and somebody else will be top dog and it'll be Scorpion for some reason. The meta always shifts, but then we, we wrap around into that nebulous idea of what is fun? Like, let's put, let's stare at our navels and like put our philosopher's hats <laughs> on. Like, what is fun in these games? Our buddy Andy, you know, has a sense of fun by making weird wackadoo decks and just throwing them at everybody and then saying, mm -hmm. I win. <laughs> yep. Even if he wasn't winning, as long as he got to do what he was trying to do. Mm. I, I got 20 poisons on that character. Well, I've won my game, even if I lose my stronghold. I didn't know Phoenix would be feel really bad where back when they had their stronghold that way. Well, technically they still have it, but um, when they could just keep pulling spells out of there. So it's just like any spell I want, I could just like cherry pick from the graveyard to dismantle the exact situation I'm in. It just felt so oppressive it's just like i've always got access to the one card i need right now and i can do it for basically free <laughs> yeah that that was always a pain ah yes this card that's such a problem for you what if i got it to have it six times <laughs> well that was always also the thing where it's they're just like you you feel like they're doing a really like Decent game plan, and then at the final hour, they just like, oh, I'm just going to drop six <laughs> supernatural yep. storms. What are you going to do? Uh, cry. <laughs> well, they always have things like, uh, what, T old Tadaka, and then um, their holding that would just like, I've got the favor, so I'm going to send people home and bow them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> On attack or offense, you know? They had a lot of cards that were just like, yeah, if I've got, if I reach like several points in this game, it just completely locks things out. 
It's yeah. ridiculous. Yep. And he would just be like, well, okay, I guess I guess that was the game then. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's move on to some main events. Um, Discord League. I can proudly update that I have not played any of my games and have barely contacted any opponents to start a game, so they might kick me out just because I have refused to play anything. Fair. That's why I don't sign up, because I know that would be the exact situation I was in. I mean, like, hypothetically putting my... It's like joining uh, a gym back before the pandemic. I'm like, clearly, if I'm spending $20 a month, I'm going to motivate myself to go and get my money's worth out of this thing, right? No. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I've been working on some projects I really should get around to at least sputtering around some games. Um, I've got my old deck, which I'm going to be arrogant enough to think, like, this will probably carry me. And you know what? With the way Crane is right now, probably could, honestly. But I should be responsible to at least get uh, an updated deck from the the pack one that's currently legal for this tournament. Um, And I have not done any major deck building with that whatsoever. Uh, That's all on me. A bad player. What is your L5R? Like this is this this podcast right here is your L5R interaction these days, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. I'm 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 not playing online at all. You know, I I keep up with the cards and everything. I talk to some people, but I'll do uh you know, I check in on the Discord every now and again, see what's going on, chat with some folks. That does occur to me, like, uh, in a world of there's not much news, actually, right before this podcast went live, there is some news. There's a headline I'm stealing off of the Jade Throne Facebook group, but apparently Fantasy Flight Games has moved over their production and manufacturing of their miniature lines over to a company called Atomic Mass Games. Um so the slight L5R angle that Shea points on there is like, hey, maybe there will be an L5R uh, minis game that they would do since it's under a different label. My immediate question is, okay, so earlier this year, they offloaded the RPG to a different company, and now they're offloading the minis to another company. What's going on at Fantasy Flight right now? Why are they just offloading things left and right? It's a good question, and we'll likely never know. Well, there's lots of rooms to speculate. People have been saying for a while that either Asmodee or Fantasy Flight or both are preparing themselves to be sold or trying to get like bought or sold or something to that nature. Um, so they're trying to move their products around in such a way to make the company look better on the book. I don't know enough about business to expl- uh, state exactly what they're doing and stuff, but it's what the current... Uh, scuttlebutt is at the moment yeah you heard that term before scuttlebutt i have it's a it's a navy term i learned when i joined the navy and that's that's the end of my history lesson <laughs> it's a term from the navy well, i don't know i may not know who spawn is but i know scuttlebutt okay <laughs> these are these are priority <laughs> conversations to have <laughs> Okay. All right, so in lack of any recent news, uh guess we're just going to talk about spoilers today. So yep. once again, unfortunately, uh well, unfortunately for FFG, fortunately for us, um Fantasy Flight has screwed up their distribution once again. 
And while they were giving everybody out uh, pack one for the temptation cycle, some spots got pack two. And we are once again in a situation where, well, if we don't allow every because generally speaking, we have a general agreement with Fancy Flight not to talk about cards before their official spoiler date. Like either marketing will send this podcast or some other podcast a spoiler, or they will post it on their website or some other places. And we try to respect that. In situations like this, where the spoiler is just out in the open, we go ahead and just share it with everyone because it creates a who knows what club, like a boys only club, where some people who know the cards that are coming up to a month in advance have that much more time test and prep uh, to get involved. Not that there's a major tournament to, yeah. to prepare for and right now. This is but. also specifically for when there's like, this was a mistake on FFG's part. If somebody like leaked something, we don't talk about it, but FFG specifically did send out and sell these cards to people. Yeah. So. So technically, no rules were broken, and we've got the blessing. Fancy Flight knows what's going on. They've already given their blessings. Like, yeah, go ahead and talk about it. Uh, I, think, I guess there's not going to be a cycle of spoilers uh, this month, but well, we've got them all right here anyway. So, yep. Uh, let's. I guess we're going to go in order. I'm in the spoiler tab of yep. the L5R Discord, and these are all your cards. So let's start start things off with you. Uh, we're not going to read all of them, but we're going to go through at least the most interesting ones. Yep, so uh, the first card I'm going to talk about is uh, because it's a Maho card. Okay. Uh, we've already spoken about Unhollow previously as it was a, a previewed card, so I don't think we need to talk about that one now. But uh, Shape the Flesh is a Scorpion Maho spell, water, one cost attachment that gives plus one, plus one stats. Uh, this card's fate cost can be paid for with fate on characters you control. And attached character gains covert and cannot be honored. Hmm. I feel like that's a. I'm being selfish. I feel like this is a card that's going to be played offensively on me. That's <laughs> very possible. Like, listen, um, Crane, I would prefer you to have plus one, plus one, and have covert. Just stop honoring yourself. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think it's very strong. It's flexible. Uh, Scorpion usually doesn't care about their characters becoming honored anyway, and it could even stop random, like, niche scenarios where the Scorpion is has a dishonored character that they want to stand up with, uh, what is it, Bayushi, uh, yeah, it's the Bayushi stronghold, right? Yeah. yeah. So the Kayun Bayushi... Uh, they need a dishonored character for it, and sometimes there's like niche. I claim the fire ring and honor your dude, so he can't stand up. Ha ha ha! And well, with this, that can't happen. So true, but I, I do like you pointed out that as a that is a niche scenario. Yes, <laughs> but it's also niche to randomly stop Crane from honoring themselves. So, well, that's kind of true. There's always there's always you can't stop them all from being honored. <laughs> yep, and. uh as we know, one cost give a character covert uh, is very, very good. We've seen that qu played quite a bit on Tattooed Wanderer. Mm. And this is a one cost give covert and stats. So admittedly, it doesn't have the flexibility of becoming a character, uh, but it's also only one influence. Yeah, it's shared around a lot. Also, the, the one cost for, um, for covert 
those tend to be only in military conflict. So I kind of like how this is a used to be uh, covert for political or military. Yeah. Um, that being said, it is an attachment, and as we're going to discuss a little bit later, attachments are coming a risky proposition. Um, yes. Not so risky as this card is not worth considering, but we can't just go around building towers willy-nilly anymore. You um, can't stop me. <laughs> if I use my Maho to use Sanguine <laughs> Mastery, then I will. <laughs> yep. Oh, let's see, since we're on this row, I'm going to go over and talk about Messenger of Misery, a Scorpion conflict character. Uh, one cost, zero military, one political, courtier, zero uh, glory, courtesy. I This is the most basic poker that's ever done poked. Yep. And since it, like, it gives you a fate when it um, dies, it's basically free <laughs> pretty much uh you know i think that this just goes to show the fact that i look at this card i'm like you know i could probably see this seeing play just shows how like absolutely ridiculous some other scorpion cards have been in the past right like this card seems playable and then you had like Bayushi liar who is way better <laughs> well, this guy uh, actually see play. I don't know because he's he's a conflict card, and Scorpion didn't have all their power cards in their conflict deck. But yeah, my big question is why would I run him over Meek Informant? Yeah, unless I'm building some sort of weird deck. Well, because he can do potentially do a, uh, a bonsai uh, military. That's why yep. I do it. But I still think Meek Informant is much better. Yeah, um, we also have the fact that Meek Informant will rotate before this guy. That's a possibility. Yeah, there's always the, the shadow of um, these cards were kind of designed to replace... Well, not... Oh, okay. Tyler was very clear on correcting us. They weren't not intending on replacing cards from the core set, but they do functionally serve as you know, functional... Like, this is how the cards should have yes. been. Especially a crane card I'm going to talk about later. But it's just another type of, like, cheap political body for Scorpion, basically. Uh, let's see. While we're on this particular one, let's talk about Under Amaterasu's Gaze. It is a lion conflict card, one cost, uh, no increases to political or um, military because it goes that it attaches to a province. Um, during conflicts that attach province, increase the cost of, for each player to play each card from their hand by one, unless that uh, player has at least five or more honor than their opponent. Okay, so this is a... What is that card? What is the old lady of the, in the crane, in, in the crab, or in the lion? Gee, I just, let me just cycle through all the cl clans real quick. All those ones that start with C. Oh, no, wait, it's lion. Uh, the, <laughs> I know you're talking about... But the, the oh. woman who says that everything costs one more, and you also have the unicorn version of it uh, and there, but there's this old man attack. Uh, um, you know, I'm going to look up that card real quick. Ageless Crone. There we go. I was just going to call her Old Lady, but um, <laughs> it doesn't have very uh, uh, descriptive. Yep. Um, yeah, Old... Uh, I was going to do it again. <laughs> um, Ageless Crone is a card that can be very powerful lines don't play it because it works both ways and it really hurts um uh 
I've seen a lot of uh, Lion players try it out back when they had like no real card options. Mm-hmm. I'm like, aha, I'm going to stop you. Except now I can't play cards myself because I've wasted all my resources. Yep. I have definitely experienced that before. It's the type of card that you have to do when it's just, okay, and I'm winning this conflict and we're done. Now, Lion can get a very impressive honor lead of opponents, so I like how they can control this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see this being played in current Lion decks because currently Lion's conflict decks are just dedicated mostly to winning fights, and this card just doesn't do that. Yeah, well, I was going to say that the, the the honor decks that are most dedicated to, they will always, almost always have five or more honor. Like this card doesn't say, hey, gain honor. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't see it doing much to um, for that game plan at all. So, yeah. Anyhow. Maybe someday, but right now, I don't think you'll see any play with them. Let's scroll up a little bit. Tell me about the Silent Skirmisher. The Silent Skirmisher. He's an interesting card. He's a zero cost. One military dash political Bushi Berserker out of Crab with one glory. He has action. During a conflict, sacrifice another character. This character gets plus two military until the end of the conflict. Um, if he was a conflict character... There might be some use for him. As it is, I think he kind of sucks. He is not on the level of Doji Diplomat? That's what you're telling me? Yeah. Oh, man. Because <laughs> while you sometimes have effects that want you to sack characters, you can get a lot more out of that than plus two military strength. So this is a, the like the that one card from the base set where hey every time we um sacrifice something we get bigger. What is it with with berserkers like not being great? I'm not That's sure. Berserker, I'm thinking of yes. I I think we are just uh th- there's just a grudge held against us. You know what? Why doesn't Vengeful Berserker get played anymore? Because I mean, all it, he is is big number. Big numbers are pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, but it's also a big number that has to have an ability trigger to actually be a big number. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Moving over to Master of J. Don't really want to have anything to say about this one other than like it's so unimpressive being a four cost. Yeah. yeah, four for three, three, zero glory. Shugenja Earth. Keep a roll only for some reason. I don't know why she's not that special action lose to honor choose a character place one fate on that character um kind of thematically non-consistent because clearly the artwork is showing me a kuni witch hunter and kuni witch hunter wanted to destroy maho users and this card is like sacrificing its own honor to possibly like fund the maho efforts of someone else yeah Giving a resource um, of honor that Crab cannot afford to be sacrificing. So, yeah, to put one honor on somebody, it, that does not seem like a good deal to me. Or put one fate on somebody, rather. That just doesn't seem very great. 
especially at four costs for three three. So even the yeah. numbers aren't impressive. And Shigenja doesn't save you for for all that nonsense. Yep, you know it. At one point in time, Crab could be pretty desperate for some Shugenja, but we've got enough to cover our bases right now. All right, so let's talk about a card that had popped up on Facebook and parts of the L5R online community uh, about a week or so ago. Curse of Misfortune. It is a attachment, a neutral attachment, one cost, plus zero, plus zero, condition curse, each other attachment on attached character gains restricted. So this card is either ridiculously powerful or utterly unplayable, and there's like nothing in between. What do you yeah. think? So I think it'll right now, I think as it comes out, it immediately goes into a lot of decks. I think the meta immediately has to shift away from attachments, and then the card becomes unplayable garbage. It'll kind of be a, a tail chasing, tail chasing thing where it's either really good or really bad depending on what the meta is. Uh, we could also see a shift away from big hyper towers to several smaller characters, each carrying a couple items. Mm. Um, I think there, it's very strong, though. There is an argument that as long as Dragon exists, and Dragon seems to have doubled down on their idea of we need a buttload of attachments all the time. So this is one of those technically never dead cards. But you also have a lot of clans that will just like never see this, right? They they, mm -hmm. they just don't run attachments any. Even Crane don't run quite enough attachments to really worth playing this thing on. Yeah. Um. It's one of those cards that you could like put in one of them in your deck just in case, and it would just like destroy a random <laughs> on our tower deck that just you just happen to see in a tournament somewhere. Yeah. Will okay. it see play? Maybe we'll have to see. It'll it all depend on the meadow. I I look forward to a long civil war of hey, we're getting ready for this tournament. I have a really cool tower idea. Um, I don't know how much I want to invest in this tower because all I need is one jerk to play Curse of Misfortune and then I'm ruined, you know? Yeah. I think you like, we're going to see some tournaments coming up where, oh yeah, we're going to see one, maybe two, maybe even three tournaments of like, oh, look, a huge tower deck has done very well and then like by gen con everyone's running 3x curse of misfortunes like, yeah well that deck's never seen the light of day again yeah let's see shadow steed i don't even feel like talking do you feel like talking about this one nope we've already talked about it as well we saw okay. it before i can't remember it that is how good of a card it is <laughs> yeah I'm trying to dance around before I get to the card that I really want to talk about today. <laughs> I think you might know which one it is. Yep. Uh, here's one that interests me. Uh, dragon card, Soshi Nike. Uh, it is a dragon event, uh, conflict card, uh, zero cost, heresy, water roll only, um, action, reveal a friendly face down province, choose an ordinary character, ready that character. Um, this is pretty good, I gotta mm -hmm. say. 
Uh, I'm going to bring in the other dragon card at the same time in this conversation because it shares the same uh, status. Just the perfect okay. land believer, which is a one cost, one zero peasant heretic. With while this character is ordinary, it gets plus two military and plus two political. Oh, you're just talking about it just because they're both. Yeah, because they, they share that same new while this character is ordinary, which is something we haven't seen before. Mm. I just wanted to mention at the same time, uh, just because currently Dragon are another clan that tends to get their characters really honored. Are they? Well, I guess so. That's true. They do have that uh, that Fire Alchemist. Yep. So it's something that has been a Dragon theme for a while, but perhaps we'll see that changing. Although... We've seen a lot of attempts to make Dragon do something that have turned up absolutely not working at all. Yeah. I don't know about, let's see, the Perfect Land Believer. While well, it's ordinary, it gets plus two, plus and plus two. So actually for a one, uh, one for a three, two, it's a pretty decent one coster. It's going to yep. be a, a nice staple. Um, just don't get dishonored, little yeah. buddy, and you should be fine. So don't buy against Scorpion, but it's pretty good value. Yeah. Um, no. But the, so, so the Soji okay. I think is very strong. So as Doji Diplomat is showing people, uh, you could do a lot of gross things by revealing your own provinces. Um, so if you're playing like Weight of Duty. And you want to reveal that or some other uh, um, void provinces. And now you have like offensive cards to play in a conflict. That's really useful. Or let's say I'm a, I'm a crane deck and I play Soshi Nikkei and I use it to flip open my uh, magistrate station. <laughs> so yeah. play this card, ready a character, flip up, honor my character, magistrate station, honor, uh, flip up uh, or uh, unbow that character. <laughs> I got yeah. characters for days here. Yep. The one thing about it is that it has the potential to become a pretty dead draw relatively quickly. Because if you have no more provinces to reveal, it doesn't do anything. You're absolutely right. Um, and with Crane, I'm, I'm beating on the Crane horse right now because I don't know if anyone else really benefits from revealing their own... Pro uh, oh, you know what? Unicorns could, would love to do this to reveal that one and say, hey, we're only doing military conflicts right now. Yep. They would play this card. As well as turn on their... Uh, no, because the box is their opponent's provinces, so it doesn't help them back. But... Yeah, but um, this is a card that it's so powerful early game that I think it's worth it. Honestly. Yeah, it's it's along the lines of Miramoto's Fury, which the later the game went, the worse the card get got. But when it was strong at the early game, it was just that strong. So That's... I could definitely see it getting played. Let's see. Raise the ground. Did we talk about raise the ground? You're I don't not. want to talk about it again. Oh man, talk about it just because it's a crane card. It's got cool art on there. Uh, raise the crown is a crane event, zero cost, earth roll only. Already something I'm not going to do. Let's see. Reaction after you win a military conflict against the, a non stronghold province, dishonor a participating friendly character and break a phrase up uh, friendly province. 
break the attack province. So, boy, this thing's got like a narrow window of use. So if I go in and I win a fight, but I don't actually break, I can break your strong your, your province as long as I'm willing to break one on my own. Yeah, it does look do very good. That's a that's a narrow activation and a steep price. So look, if a, if a card starts with the line Earth Roll only, you can disregard the rest of its text. You know who could use this? Ironically, uh, what's that lion card that like gets plus five stats, but they can't break the problem? Yeah, yep. I know <laughs> who you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can figure Art of War or something. Draw some cards at the same time. Uh, let's see. Something that's intriguing me. I'm not. No, I don't know if this is good or not. Uh, Unicorn. This is a holding with a plus two province strength. It's called. Observe tents, battlefield, action. During a conflict, choose a character you control. Move that character to the conflict. Limit twice per round. All right, so we've seen this unicorn movement stuff before. Um, hasn't really worked in the box. Hasn't really worked on a character. It's worked a little well on a character. Uh, does it work on a holding? I doubt it. Simply because it seems like it's just too, too narrow. Sure, you can move the character in. I mean, that's great and all, but Unicorn want to be aggressive and flipping up a holding that doesn't actively help them win. I don't know about that. Well, we did see more of these effects come into play earlier this year when Lion and Unicorn Towers were doing really well. But as both those decks are kind of falling apart, um, I now I don't know where to place, place this. How much straighten does Unicorn have access to? And so, well, if they play Soshi Kine, <laughs> they've got at least yeah. three cards. I think that most of the straighten was in what was in the Lion side of things. Okay. But I don't know for sure. Maybe maybe they've got more than either of us knows about, and this will see a ton of play, but I am not too excited for it. I would say my general attitude of Unicorn Dynasty cards, uh, except for like three of them, are not that great. So they've got the spot, the space in a deck for it. Yep. All right. Um, less bad-mouthing, more going on to... Do you see anything you want to talk about before you, I talk about my my, my special, uh, special thing? The one I will mention real quickly is the Roar of the Lioness. Ooh. Uh, I don't like this card. Uh, it is a new lion province, water. Uh, strength X. X is equal to half the amount of honor in your honor pool rounded up. Seems strong. Yeah. If it had the text cannot be a stronghold province, I wouldn't worry about it. But if you're against a lion honor deck and they're at like that 20 level, you're like, oh, I'm real close to winning. You're like, well, I just got to break your stronghold. And they're like, well, it's strength 10. Mm -hmm. That just sounds hard to do. Yeah, it can be. That being said, if you are in against an uh, honor deck and you have gotten to their box, 
you probably have enough military to crush it though because That's those fair. decks don't generate a lot of force and this is kind of like this, this is more i don't i don't know if this is oppressive so much of it is a uh, a stopgap kind of like an equalizer mm-hmm. even then just because as we talked before like just raw province numbers don't really mean that much every time the game is giving you an option to like have bigger province numbers we've always ignored it because those numbers really don't matter in the grand scheme of things um people would prefer action on here that being said it is a water province and there are no good neutral water provinces so maybe this was well i believe that the art of war is water oh yeah who's gonna run this over outer war yeah so (laughs) maybe it won't see any play but i think it's something to just keep an eye on in the future remember it exists might see play in an honor deck, but I also kind of wonder if a, a lion honor deck might just honor decks need to bid low, so they kind of need the three cards from the, yeah. just because they're not bidding high. So even yeah. then, I still think this is kind of like not great, but we'll see. Yep. Other than that, let's talk about the one that you want to talk about. <laughs> All right, I Doji Uji's back, and he's up to his uh, his. Uh, uh, Harrier shenanigans again. Let's see. He's a five. He's still five coster, six military, two political, two glory. So that means he's really an eight four. Uh, Bushi Daimyo Shinobi. While this character is honored, you may search. Uh, you may play each card underneath it as if it were in your hand. Reaction. After this character enters play, search your conflict deck for four cards and place them under this character face down out of play. This character uh, leaves play. Remove each. Based on card underneath uh, underneath it from the game. Boy, I stumbled reading all of that because it's a healthy mm-hmm. little text box there. But long story short, when he pops into play, you can search for four cards in your entire uh, conflict deck, put them underneath, and then once he's honored, which is he's crane, he's always going to be honored. He could play it. Um, so just getting plus four cards. It, alone like he just said grab the top four cards off your deck and you can play put them in your hand functionally that'd be pretty cool too the fact that he can like hunt down and tutor i believe is the term that magic players have saturated this game with um the fact that you can like tutor four cards you can like build any kind of combo (laughs) yeah i think he'll be pretty insane we haven't found anything yet and stuff, but now we're on a lookout stuff. Like, what four cards can we put in order that would just rock? <laughs> <laughs> well, the clear answer is you get Soshi DK, Soshi DK, Soshi DK, and the Will. <laughs> well, I think at the very minimum, it's like, hey, guess what? I've got all my Voice of Honors up here now. Yep. And oh, you don't have to. Long you long don't long. have to tell your opponent what they are. You just have. Oh them. yeah, this, these are secret cards, aren't they? Okay. Yep. So oh. you could make your opponent think that you just went and got all of your counter spells, when in reality you didn't, and they they have to play as if you have counter spells. Yeah. I do like the idea of the first thing I, my, my duelist brain went to is, hey, I'll just go get Steward of Law and Duel to the Death. Because, <laughs> tell you what, eight cost uh, or eight military Uji, pretty good at dueling people to the death, I gotta tell you. Yep. He certainly is. Yeah, there's been some hubbub about this card. It is 
So there is an argument saying he got four cards and like does that he doesn't really do anything himself other than playing those four cards. Um, and once you exhaust them, you're, you're you're kind of at the his strength is at the mercy of what cards you put underneath him, which could be you know that's a variable level. So something that the people are thinking about is how can you bring him in and out really fast? So echo, <laughs> yeah, bring him in for a turn. Uh, let get four cards. Let him die. Do it again. Yeah, I can certainly see that. You know, I'd say that five fate is worth tutoring for whatever four cards you want. Uh, let's see. Well, moving on. Crane also have the way of peace, which is what the art of peace always should have been. Tyler came into Crane chat the other day and just said, "Like, yeah, this is card that the that uh, art of peace always should have been." It's a province, uh, air province, uh, three province strength interrupt. When this province is broken, choose up the three characters, honor each of those. Um, a cool for just honoring uh, or activating my characters because I need honor tokens all the time. Or if you have the idea of being an honor deck, well, just put it on three weenies and you just get basically get three honor for losing a province. Win wins all around. Anyway, yep. Uh, we've already touched on a few of the other cards and when we did previews. Uh, I, was... I want to talk about Steward of Cryptic Lore, just because we haven't talked about any Phoenix stuff yet. No, this Let's is see. one that we have already talked about. Well, then let us not talk about that one, and we'll talk about the Guardian Dojo. Yeah. Oh, my, my big thing about the Steward of Cryptic Lore is I was like, well, doesn't seem all that interesting. <laughs> yeah, this it's one we talked about. We're like, well, Dyer's okay, but it seems not great. I mean, I, I've got a really bad memory on the best of days, but like yeah. some of these cards, like, wow, you did not stick in my head whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, see, Guardian Dojo holding plus one for Phoenix. Let's see. Characters played from adjacent province enter play honored, and you cannot pl uh, place fate on them when they are played. Mm, okay. So. Don't like the obviously I don't like the idea like you can't place honor on them. Granted, if you if you uh, splash scorpion or a crab, there are ways to fake that to get some of ways to keep pe people in play for longer. Yep. Um, but Phoenix is a clan that desperately needs more ways to honor people, so I think this is a fair use for them. Um, is this the card that makes Serene um, Samurai <laughs> playable? Don't know, but seems unlikely, but. You never know. Uh, if you are looking for honor, uh, honor Phoenix, it seems like a good way to do it. Because it, with this card, you could run a bunch of just weenies and gain, you know, honor each turn from them just dying. So what you're saying is this one holding that's not even unique is roughly the strength of. A sevenfold palace, the crane stronghold that gains you two honor. <laughs> yes, it certainly could be good to know. Yep, um, I think we've already talked about everything. There's this lion general here. Yeah, who cares about uh, lions? Yeah, we don't know. As we, we established in our live reading last week, we do not care about the plight of the lion. <laughs> yeah. Kind of hope they lose that whole battle. <laughs> Screw them. Yeah. 
If you're a Lion player and you care about Commander of the Legions, go and read it yourself, right? Uh, I will say, like, just for people to know, he's not, he's neat, but he's not so neat that he's, like, warping the meta or something you have yep. to keep in mind. I, it, like, I look at him without even reading his stat. We're already talking. About, you know, I, I'm, okay, I'm just going to read the stats because we're already doing it. Stuff. Okay. Commander of the Legions, four cost, four military, two political, two glory, Bushi commander. Each other lion you control gains one plus one military. During each uh, during the fate phase, if you have at least five or more honor than an opponent, fate cannot be removed from lion characters uh, you control with cost three or lower. All right, so this is like a lion. St- uh, staple because hey it's just another version of honor general but let's just put the the lion's trademark of a million conditions that are all honor based <laughs> to yeah. make a board state that's probably always going to be illegal because you're never going to remember all the triggers on this freaking thing yeah and at the end of the day he's just going to be he's just a, a, a four for four to maybe make some of your smaller guys uh bigger but he cares. Yep. If you are swarming, he swarms harder. Just play on a general. You'll be you'll, you have a better time. <laughs> yeah. Now our general hasn't even seen play in a while. Yep. <laughs> well, I guess Lion's gonna need to if Lion or if the tower decks start going down, they're gonna have to figure out something new anyway. So I don't know. Maybe they've always threatened to have like a commander swarm deck where it's like a few commanders and a bunch of uh little weenies um going forward. That's always been like the lion dream, it's never actually materialized. Yep. Yeah. Final thoughts on this pack, even though we we're looking at it early. Uh seems fine. There's at least some of the clans got some very playable cards. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm sure I will be picking it up for Darkness Rising, if for nothing else. Yeah, the Darkness Rising, which I like, I always think needs like a content warning before, like, hey, you're gonna <laughs> see some like gory art if you open this pack. Yeah, <laughs> wins the award for like the sickest thing. Um, Good Maho stuff, good Dire stuff. I think if you're Crane, you're really one on this one. Um, not that special. I think Dragon got some really cool stuff, but it's going to be one of those situations of, hey, here's some stuff for Dragon to just, like, share with everybody. Yep. And now, what, is this even the entire pack? Because now that I'm looking at it, I only see two Dragon cards. Do they only get two Dragon cards? I don't think this is the entire pack. Uh, there's 22 cards here. Well, some of them are repeats. If you yeah, look at the list I mean, that we have. Uh, we only have two crab cards. Not oh. every clan can have three. You got the Silent Skirmisher, you got the Master of Jade, and you also have Darkness oh, yeah, Rising. Yeah, maybe, maybe Dragon just got forgotten. That uh, so that is that is the thing we're doing right now. Some of these cards are pretty cool. Some of them are like so okay that we're forgetting them as soon as we talk about them. So I guess that this is fairly bad. I don't think anything are like unplayably bad or worthless. Maybe not good enough to make the cut, which is almost as bad as being like unplayably bad and worthless. But um, here's some cards. (laughs) I I can't put a very elegant way up of putting it there. Like, here are some cards, and they exist. If you're Crane, you're going to be really happy. If you're not Crane, you're not going to be very happy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
All right. Uh, any final shout outs or things you want to talk about? Nope, nothing for me. All right. I'm going to do the normal. I'm going to give a shout out to our sister podcast, the Court Games RPG Podcast, hosted by uh, Kikita Kaori and Kovar over there. Uh, we've got our two actual play podcasts, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortune and Strife. And then we've got our YouTube series, Tokyo of the Five Rings, talking about Japanese history, culture, and religion. You can find this and more over at our website, uh, courtgamespod.com. Max, hit me with that. That is courtgamespod.com. Go to courtgamespod.com. Once more, visit courtgamespod.com. I love that announcer voice. Different than your dramatic reading voice that we learned about last week. Of course, also, you have to have voices for every occasion. Apparently, we also make some really good um, tactical decisions because we've, we got some messages, one from a friend of ours, immediately after the podcast went up, saying, like, oh, you guys almost got the perfect ending. Like, yeah, if protagonist Chan wasn't a moron, we would have got a perfect ending. Gotta keep your mouth shut. Yep. <laughs> but... Let's see. If you like this podcast, uh, other podcasts, everything we do, including the L5R Discord channel, you can come by, be a Patreon subscriber, or else Uji will come and take four of his best cards and throw them at you like Gambit <laughs> from the X-Men. Uh, speaking of shout-outs, something I've been neglecting uh, lately, uh, we have some... Patreon backers that I want to give a mention to. Uh, we have Ryan Jeffers, Kikito Kikaze, or Kaito Kikaze. Oh boy, I'm already screwing things up. Let's see. Alvhid, Alvhild Sand. Apologize if I'm screwing up these names. And Christopher Hittel uh, from Scott here saying Shadowlands or nothing. All right. So I've opened up the floor for. Uh, recognizing our illustrious podcast, and already we're getting more Shadowlands and Maho in here. Never as, again, as should be. Oh, geez. <laughs> All right. Well, you all done, Max? Yep, that's it for me. I'm all done. Yeah, not much to talk about. Just like here's some cards. Enjoy yep. some like dream of the future decks you might be able to build or proxy them now, so you can go to. All the events that are not existing right now. (laughs) (laughs) It will be over sooner or later. (laughs) Stay safe, everyone out there. Sign up. See y'all later.